Hello and welcome to the Audio Roast Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Isaacs. Welcome to episode number five. We're happy to have you along board here with us today. Um, I first and foremost want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Thank you so much for all that you've done for so many people. Um, I've got some special guests uh, here with me today. So um, before I get into introducing our guests, though, um, as I always like to start the show off with, I'm going to recap what we did last week in case you missed it, uh, which you shouldn't have missed it. Um, so last week we did our first ever classic album clash episode where we pitted the uh, Backstreet Boys albums Backstreet's Back versus Millennium and uh, went down track by track and decided uh, on a winner and uh, had a really good time doing that. So uh, I had help from Zach Newton and Rachel Adams on last week's show. So um, I I first and foremost want to say an extra thank you for them uh, because on those classic album Clash episodes, they take a little bit of extra homework from the people that are um, on the show with me because they have to listen to both albums in their entirety to kind of be able to keep up with the track-by-track listings. So again, thanks to Zach and Rachel for being on the show last week. Um, Next week, we are going to go country. We're going country next week. We're going back to the year 1980. Um, And I'm going to have a special guest, Johnny Cross from Cross Entertainment here with me, and Erin Gabrielle Powell. Um, She is a fantastic uh, bartender over at Shuffle here in Springfield and uh, formerly of Wicked Shimmy. You know, we might we might learn something about that as well. So um, stay tuned for that next week. Um, This week, however, um, we've got all kinds of fun stuff in store. But uh, before before we get into that end of the business, I've got other business I want to take care of, and that is um, this little snippet that you saw in the intro here. This isn't just a bunch of random stuff. We are now available across 10 platforms at the Audio Roast Podcast, so you can watch along with this stream that's happening right now live on Facebook. If it's easier for you to throw it up on the TV on YouTube, um, whether it's through your gaming console or... Um, whatever streaming device you might have, go ahead and you can switch over and do that now and still be live with this with the live comments and stuff. So um, either way that you prefer to listen and watch is fantastic. Um, I will be uploading clips from previous episodes um, onto YouTube as well as full episodes um, so you can go back and watch um, kind of everything we've got in the archive so far. Um, We're also on social media platforms such as Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, um, I'm not really a big Instagrammer, and I'm hardly a Twitter, a Twitter user, so uh, um, I'm, I'm going to try and do better about doing that. But uh, the big announcement is that this week we're finally officially across all platforms, um, as you see, available on audio only as well. So if you if you don't want to spend the time to sit and watch us and um, and uh, watch along with the live streams, even. Uh, if it's easier for you to pop in some earbuds and listen while you're at work or if you're listening in your car on your way to work or however you however you want to listen to it, I'm trying to give you as many ways as possible to have access to the show um, however you see fit. So um, you can catch us now. We're officially on iTunes. At, it's like a 10-day process to get approved for that. So finally, um, just shortly after last week's uh, episode is when we got approved. So um, I've got some... Uh, previous episodes that are already uploaded on there, but I'm going to try to keep on um, a quick turnaround with that and have uh, episodes uploaded the same day that they're um, aired live here on Facebook and YouTube. So um, that means that 
hopefully by later today you can check out this episode um, tomorrow while you're at work or whatever on iTunes. You can also check it out on Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podbean on the Podbean app. Um, and as always, you can always email us at gmail.com um, to send in any kind of um, requests, suggestions, comments, um, game ideas. If you, Even if you just want to be a guest on the show, um, sh- you know, let me know. Just send us an email, and uh, we'd love to have you on. So um, that's what's going on in there. The other piece of business I've got is uh, it's been a roller coaster, has it not? <laughs> Um, there is so much to, to say and uh, a lot of opinions going around right now, but the great thing is the opinion that most people have is one and the same. Um, we were like this close to losing um, a very big staple, a big part of the local um, music scene here in Springfield. Um, Jimmy made the uh, heartfelt announcement that he was going to have to um, – Pull the plug, basically, on uh, the Outland Complex in general. So the ballroom, the Outland downstairs, front of house lounge was all done. Um, like, officially, it was done. Um, and w- without really ha- getting into it, because there's so much content there that I think it, uh, it might be good to save for a bonus episode or something, perhaps. So um, I don't want to get too deep in that, but I just really want to say um, to all of those um, of you guys that signed the petition, um, you know, and, and even if you didn't, even if you just posted on your Facebook and, and showed, um, you know, you took a stance against the, the what would have been new owners, um, good for you. Um, I'm glad that you weren't afraid of getting blackballed from the new venue or whatever and being afraid to, to get booked for shows because I think it's that's exactly the kind of situation that a person should stand up for. Um, the Outland, the Rockwell, all of that that, that that whole complex has been for the last 20 plus years um, has meant so much to the Springfield music community. So I'm really happy to hear that uh, we all came together and, and pulled through. And uh, I think there's a ginormous, ginormous thank you um, due um, to Jimmy Koch um, for at the last minute backing out of the deal and you know having the integrity to say, I've worked so hard to build this up and it's, it's going to be done and, and the snap of the fingers. And it's just, I mean, it was, a, it was a horrible thing that was about to happen. So Jimmy, I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship, your integrity and your commitment to the community. Um, y- you mean a lot to us. And so there's a lot that still needs to be done and we'll talk more about that later. But um, yeah, I'm just really glad that that didn't exist. And now we just get to see this. We get to see the outland still exist. So, um, so that's that. So that being said, um, that's about all the business I've got today. Um, I want to go ahead and start the show off and uh, want to get to my guest today that I've got with me. Um, so first of all, I want to say uh, happy Father's Day to both my dad and uh, Russ Fratty, who are my guests today with me. And um, I really just kind of uh, wanted to take a, a random type year to, to kind of go back on, and so I chose 1966. So today's episode will be all things rock music from that, uh, the year 1966. So um, let's go ahead and get it kicked off. Our first guest has been friends with my dad for over 20 years. He's played music uh, to, with my dad, and I'm really anxious to hear kind of how their paths crossed and how they uh, came together to form a band they were in for several years. Um, he uh, now is in his own band, though. Uh, it's called Inflection, 
And so uh, you could check them out on Facebook and kind of get a feel for what they're about. Uh, they're looking to start taking bookings and whatnot. So um, give, them a, give them a quick look, and um, I think you're going to dig what they're doing. I know I sure do. So um, without any further ado, uh, please welcome my first guest, um, Mr. Russ Fratty. Russell, hey, how's it going? Well, man. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Russ, now, um, I just want to, we'll try and go kind of chronologically um, in order with, with the, the Russ story here. Um, so, real quick, just some easy questions. How old were you when you first started playing? Um, you play bass. So, how old were you when you first picked up the bass? <laughs> oh, gosh, I'd say uh, it had to be in my early 20s, probably. Yeah. 20, 21, 22, I'd say. Very cool. What kind of inspired you to, to pick it up in the first place? Do you know? Uh, you know, I, I've always followed music. Uh, 80s, that, you know, those, that was the, the ultimate decade for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, guys, Steve Harris, Ian Hill, uh, you know, those guys, I mean, they, they kind of led me in that direction. Absolutely. Um, Very cool. And, uh, that's we we kind of went from there, you know. So once you were once you picked up that bass in your twenties, like how long before you actually started in, in your first band? Uh, it wasn't too long, probably a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Very I was, cool. Uh, I was in a band called Crimson Steel years ago in the very early nineties. Are you serious? Yeah, oh yeah. Are Shout you talking like with Ernie and everybody? Oh yeah. Oh Shout my God! You guys. have no idea how much you just blew my mind already. Like this <laughs> show's already off to a great start. I had no idea oh, you were yeah. in Crimson Kerry Steel. Jones, yes. Uh, Ernie, Gary Cox. Holy cow! Do you have any uh, oh, footage have, of any yeah, of that or any yeah. any audio of any of that? I, I do. I have lots of video, but unfortunately, I didn't bring it this uh, time. That's all right. That's all yeah, right. So that just means we had to bring you back. Absolutely. I mean, you know. Absolutely. No, I, that dude, you blow my mind. So yeah. there's a whole tie in there. I don't know if you even are aware of um, Ernie, who used to own the music store there in uh -huh. town. That's where I got kind of started and actually taking drum lessons and stuff was through really? Ernie, and that's what actually got me started in my first actual legit band and stuff was wow. from working there and taking lessons and stuff. And yeah, no, I know Terry and ev like the ev the whole crew. I had no idea you oh were yeah. an alumni of Crimson oh yeah. Steel. Wow. Yeah, and then we, uh, I, I actually, I actually met Terry. We, uh, we worked at one of the factories in town and that's how i kind of got interacting with right. those guys and that just took off man. wow it yeah was a lot of fun and man what a voice he had i'll oh never yeah. forget him singing yeah. like acdc and some of that stuff like just even he even threw in some pretty good axel rose yeah man. for sure yeah, for sure neat. yep so now when you were there with that. them were you guys writing originals and stuff too yet? yeah okay. oh yeah yeah yep. terry actually when i came on board terry and ernie and gary they they already had some some stuff lined out and some good original stuff, and yeah. we took off with that, and we were doing, you know, several covers from Poison, and you know, some of the some of the eighty stuff, you know, Motley Crue, and and you know, some Guns and Roses. We did some cover stuff from that. But Very cool. Yeah, for sure. Wow, yeah. I can't I can't tell you how much you just blew my mind. I <laughs> had no idea that you had that link. Oh yeah. Huh. Wow. Very cool. So, in your first band, like, what kind of um, venues and stuff were you guys playing out around there? We're basically most of the stuff we were doing were uh, it was parties, you know, wedding receptions, you know, the, the usual right. first gig thing. Yep. You know, yep. All that, but you know, we did quite a bit of that. Very cool. So you're around a lot of friends and family and stuff oh, that yeah. were there to support you and mm -hmm. stuff. So how long Absolutely. before you started venturing into bars and that kind of stuff and getting into that kind of scene? I. Actually, was I was it I with Crimson Steel that you did that or not? No, I, I actually I left them at, and uh, kind of was trying to do my own thing, better learn my instrument. And, sure. And uh, 
they changed employers, that sort of thing. And and then actually, I, I, I ran into an old friend from school, uh, Jim Shahan, matter of fact. Yeah. And then we started playing together and kind of got into the Southern music. And uh, Ernie Ernie Kane left Crimson Steel and he started playing drums for us. And, and huh. we were kind of kind of doing the same thing, rolling into the parties. And then we got another guitar player, Jesse. Yep. Jesse Platt played, and and we were doing pretty good. And yeah. then uh, Ernie, he he decided it wasn't for him anymore. I don't know if it was the style of music or or what was going on. I know his his parents had some health issues. And, right. And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of gaps to fill in there, and I think oh, I yeah. might be able to kind of help fill some of that in because that's kind of the time frame where I kind of entered the picture as mm -hmm. far as when Ernie was out and and Dad was in mm -hmm. on the band and all that. And then it was very shortly after that that I met Ernie. So I kind of have an idea of what was going on in his life and stuff at that time. So um, when we when we get to the Southern Junction into the story, mm -hmm. we'll we'll venture into that. But yeah, man, that's really cool. I cannot believe you were in Crimson Steel. Sure enough, that's man. really cool. Yeah, I got some cool video of it and some pictures. Well, and I know that you guys made waves for a long time in in, in Ava and then in that surrounding area because I mean, ten twenty years later, it's still being talked about and like yeah. that's that's really cool, man. Very cool. Um, so also with us today, the man of the hour. Is my own dad, Mr. Daryl Isaacs. Happy Father's Day, amigo. <laughs> so, Dad, how's it going today? Doing all right? Doing good. Good deal. Uh, glad to have you for sure. Um, so, I'm going to do the same thing with you. Um, kind of go in chronological order with, with your story and musical journey. Um, so, tell me about um, when you first started playing drums and kind of... Um, what was it that really kind of inspired you to, to play drums and stuff? I know music was a big part of your family growing up, so. Yeah, actually, when the Beatles first came out on the Ed Sullivan show back in the day, well, I can't remember what year that was, 66, I think, maybe. I might be wrong. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe 64. Early 60s, early to mid-60s, yeah. yeah. Well, yep. maybe even earlier than that. But anyhow, I was a young kid, and uh, I seen Ringo on there, and he kind of inspired me, and I went and got some cardboard boxes, a pots and pans, wooden spoons, and I was a young, pretty young kid. Yeah. Uh, later on, uh, my brother, he was in a band, and he had a set of drums. When he'd leave the house, I'd sneak in his room, and I'd, I'd sit down on the drum and start playing. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> Very cool. So he had he had already bought a drum set when you started playing on the pots and pans and stuff? or No, this is a few years later. So gotcha. Gotcha. So what kind of drum set did he have that you played on? Uh, I think he had a set. He ordered some cool catalogs. Really? Yeah. What did it look like? Uh, they was uh, white glitter. White glitter. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so, and then I guess that's that's something, too, that's really got to be taken into consideration. Like, you guys lived in a family home, and you were making all this noise and stuff, and nobody ever minded all the all the contraptions and, and you know, with the pots and pans and the drum sets and all that? <laughs> well... When I was, um, finally started playing drums on a kind of regular basis, I played along with a uh, record player. Uh-huh. Uh, my room was upstairs in Tucson House, and uh, there's a, a light in the hallway. You could either turn it on and off from upstairs or downstairs. Uh-huh. I'd be playing on it first, then that light would flash on and off. <laughs> and that meant they're supposed to listen to whoever, somebody's in the hallway up like this. Oh. Dad would always say, well, when you get to my part, you can quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
What a great yeah. sense of humor. Yeah. That's I can awesome. I can remember um being a kid with grandpa and we'd be playing in the other room and stuff and I'd, I'll never forget I can still hear the sound of his voice saying, "Quiet down with all that racket." <laughs> Do you ever get any of those? Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe the kids come over and play and wintertime maybe they'd be playing upstairs. Yeah, I heard the same word. Yep. But yeah, I lived, I don't know, we lived three or four blocks from the schoolhouse there, and I know that, uh, like, they'd be, they'd be playing ball, they had a ball game down there, and I'd be on my drums, and they they told me they could hear me playing drums, like, four blocks away. Yeah, yeah. which is saying something, because I know how you play, and you don't beat the crap out of them, so. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the nature of drums, they're loud, so. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, so, you you started playing drums. Your brother played drums. Was was Johnny ever in a band? Your brother? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in. They they had a pretty good band back then. They played around the area. We grew up in north north central Missouri. Uh huh. Up around the four five east Missouri area. But they played in Nebraska and Iowa and I don't know where. Else really? Played, but yeah, they traveled around a little bit. Uh, the band started name back in those days. It was always some something and a somebody. You know. Okay. Their band was Gaylord and the Night Riders. Gaylord and the Night Riders, very cool. And uh, yeah, that's what brought one of the church. They had a reunion. They got together. I think it was back in '99 and played it there on the home plant. Really? Home plant. Wow, wow, that's amazing. And you said you have a shirt that of theirs. They like had merchandise and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, check that out. Very cool. '96. '96, yeah. Huh. Some of that's kind of uh, deceiving. Of course, Wheeling, Missouri, that's where we grew up. Right. We've got L.A., <laughs> Paris, and Denver. But, uh, <laughs> the the world tour. Yeah, <laughs> the, the reason for that is one a guitar player. He was a uh, he's a he was in the Air Force. He's retired. He's a some kind of a major. I don't know. He's a major general of some kind. But, uh, but he flew for TWA, and he flew flights from L.A. to Paris. Really? Wow. So that's how the So LA it did have some significance to have Paris on there. And the Denver on there was one of the guys that was in Denver and all. So huh. Wow. That's cool. So it's not just randomly chosen cities. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. So um, how old was it when you got your first drum set? How did that all come about? When Did you guys share a drum set for a long time? Or did you? when did you actually uh, finally get your, your first one? It seemed like my brother bought another set and I got his old set. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the picture that you're talking about has got. I, um, I'll throw it up here at, the, at a later point. But yeah, so it looks like you've got a, a white sparkle kick drum, a white sparkle um, low tom rack tom, and a red sparkle um, a higher rack tom, and a blue sparkle snare. Yeah, and a sample. And uh, yeah, yep. So there's a lot of sparkle going on. You can definitely tell it's the 60s. Red, but white, and blue. <coughs> yep. Um, so what, do you know whatever happened to any of those? I think actually we did not donate those to you at one time. Seems like. Uh, well, <laughs> I haven't seen the rest of that drum set. I've seen the, uh, the snare drum because you gave me that. That was what I ended up with as a first drum set. Um, and I, like I said, I've never seen the, um, the white um, kick drum. Looks like a bass boat, yep. man. Yeah, Daryl and John Isaac. <laughs> John that looks Isaac cool. On yeah. an MFA uh, 
sticker that you use for your <laughs> kick drum yeah, head. Yeah. Yeah. Holy sparkle, man. That's awesome. <laughs> that is, uh, so I've got a, a shop there. I've got all my music equipment, like all my speakers and stuff for Sunset Productions. That's my prized possession when you first walk in. That's one of the first <laughs> things you see. So, yeah, yeah I've, I've hung on to that and cherished that. Um, yeah, no, you gave me um, that, and you gave me the blue snare that, that's pictured in this picture. Like I said, I'll, I'll show it later. But, um, and that and a hi-hat. And so th I had a three-piece drum set as my first drum set. And I'll never forget... Um, you know, uh, I had it set up in the garage, and uh, with with only a three piece, there's not you, you know a lot you can do. You're pretty limited. So of course, the first song I, I learned that I'm like, okay, I've got everything I need to play this was "We Will Rock You" by Queen. So that was the first song I ever learned to play on the second generation drum set that I got, and cool. I still have still have it. Still have the uh, hi hat stand and stuff that you gave as well. So so yeah, it's definitely uh, stayed in good hands. So and yeah, I definitely appreciate that you've passed it down. So. Um, so, um, so you got your own drum set and stuff. When when was your first band, Dad? Well, we had a couple of bands in high school. Uh, we didn't had many jobs to play. I think one of the bands we played we played our I think it was my senior class. Uh, that was about the only gig we had. Oh, really? <laughs> but before that, we had another band. It's kind of funny what the name. <coughs> Growing up, my brother gave me the nickname Pork in my hometown. Uh huh. And even today, everybody calls me Porky. Anyhow, we had this band, and we didn't know what to name ourselves, and either me or somebody would come up, well, let's call it Pork and the Bean. <laughs> <laughs> and so like you said, it always has to be a name and, and the the. Yeah, right. That's how it was back then. But so that's what everybody knew is about, Pork and the Beans, but uh, that doesn't really last long. Yeah. And our next one was, uh, this is the one we played in our prom with, uh, American Revolution. I had to get a fancy shirt to wear for it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Check that That's out. cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So just a button up. Still got it. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That is cool. Huh. <laughs> now, did did everybody have matching shirts, or were they all similar? Or? No, I stood out in the crowd. Yeah. Well, that's the way to do it. I mean, if you're stuck behind a drum set, you got to stand out somehow, right? Yeah, I think I wore that and white pants, probably some white shoes. Yeah. I actually had a uh, plaid tie I wore with it, too. Huh. So did you enjoy playing for your own prom, or were you kind of bummed that you missed out on the dancing and all the all the, the kind of the other aspect of, yeah. of the uh, prom? Well, of course, uh, the only part I missed out on actually was the dancing. But yeah, no, I didn't. Back then, I just tried to play. Yeah. Yeah. It was yep. Fun to play. For sure. I I'll never forget being that age, you know, early teenager and stuff, and getting around with your buddies and stuff, and making music happen together. That's there's something special about that. Paying job probably was when I was in college. Uh, there's a bar up there called the Zodiac, and there's in the disco days. I was in college from '71 to '75. Uh huh. And uh, in '74, well, I was working at a Mattingly store. Mattingly's kind of like a small miniature Walmart, the five and dime store. Okay. And just around the corner there was a Zodiac bar, which is a hot spot for the college kids. And there's a disco bar, that just like you see on the Saturday night fever or whatever. Right. Show. Yep. Had the lighted dance floors and the really? lighted backdrop uh, on the stage. And <coughs> me and my manager from Mattingly, we stop in there after work once in a while and have a beer. And I had a client up as needing a drummer. Uh, like for a house band or for? No, I was going to say the way it's set up, they had a DJ up there and a drummer. Okay. And. Drummer just played along with the music. Huh. 
I mean, actually, it makes sound like a live band. It's hard to believe. But so you would play along to whatever the DJ was playing. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so our assistant manager left the manager. He said, "You ought to apply for that." And I said, "Ah, oh, probably not good enough for that." But, but you'd been practicing with records at home already. Oh, I tried to do that. That's how I learned how to play. Yeah. But uh, so anyhow, I decided I'd play. And I went in there and they auditioned. And they asked me to pick a song, whatever they wanted to play. So I picked one that was on the radio at the time, and I never had played it before, but I really liked the song. It was uh, Billy Preston, Nothing for Nothing, Lou Duncan. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's, wow. That's what I auditioned with, and I got the job. So. Yeah? Was this like, w did you audition like before the bar opened kind of thing, or were there people there yeah, when you auditioned? Yeah, it was during the day. Oh, okay, yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I got the job, and it's real good paying job, paid a dollar and a quarter an hour, and all I could drink. Wow, <laughs> very cool. So did you keep your job over at the uh, the, at the store no, as well? No, I left. Huh. I, I quit pretty soon I got the drumming job. That's cool, yeah. But yeah, and, and I go to them on the, they had band nights on the Wednesday and, and Saturday, house band. Survivor was the name of that band, and they were, they were super good. They were really, really good. Wow. And so this was like just right after your college years or during college? Yeah, during college. Oh, okay. So 71 to 75 then. Yeah, yeah. my junior year in 74, I think, is when I started. And in 1975, I well, I, I uh, got a teaching degree. So I had to go student and teach in 75, in March of 75. Uh, and the buildings are like, uh, I don't know, like probably downtown Springfield. There's one building sucks in that other one. That is right. Just side by side. Yep. But the Zodiac was, the next building next to it was a fire station. Okay. Uh, and while I was gone student teaching, the Zodiac burnt down to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a horrible fire station. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, it was right there, right next door. I mean. That's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, like, yeah. So imagine look for, for the Springfield people here, imagine South Street and, like, just, you know, the Outland or, or Nona's Cafe or something, and it just <laughs> right next door to a fire station that burned. That's nuts. Yeah. But luckily, when I went to student teach, I, I did get my drums out of the place and took them with me. But Good. Very cool. Yeah, the DJ, he would, he'd throw on a record. <coughs> I never knew what, what he was going to throw on. You just had to be ready. And wow. Slow song or something like that. They didn't want to play. I'd take a break. Yep. But, uh, so it was still pretty low pressure. Like you didn't have to. Like if you didn't know it, or if you didn't feel comfortable with it, or if you were bored with it, you could just, you know, belly up to the bar or whatever, and and start on your tab. I guess. Yeah, pretty well. Well, yeah. Which and that's, you know, that's really cool too because I've talked in previous episodes on the show about um how I learned to play. Like whenever I first started, it was exactly the same way without knowledge that you had started just by playing two records. Now. Um, I've also talked about on a di on a friend of mine's podcast on on the Unsung Dreamers podcast about how I remember after you were in bands and stuff um, playing along to records and stuff in the spare room at the house, but I didn't know that that's how you started. Well, whenever I started, I would do the same kind of thing, except for I would just turn the radio on and whatever would play, I would I would make myself have to learn and play to, and then I would change the channel so I did, had a different style and a different genre and and stuff and try to keep up with that. So that's a lot of how I started as well. That's I had no idea that we were similar in a, in that. Yeah, I just had a little like a what you call a suitcase type. Uh huh. Record player. Record player, and yeah. And then later on, I got a kind of a stereo speaker. I don't know, maybe five inch speaker or something. But anyhow, it was a, it was an improvement. Yeah. Yep. For sure. For sure. So the band that I um, were there other bands before um, the Midnight Special between then and college. Uh, 
No. After college, I didn't play. Well, college, I graduated in 75. Uh-huh. I think the Midnight Special Band, and uh, I started them, I believe it was 77, maybe, 76, 77. Yeah. So, <clears throat> just a few years after I, or a year or two after I pulled out of college. Gotcha. So, how did you meet, how did you get involved in that and meet some of the people and stuff? To You know, I can't remember. It seemed like they contacted me somehow, and I don't know how they knew me, but uh, I remember going to their house and auditioning with them, and it was kind of hard because... They wasn't plugged in the amp or anything. They were just running on the guitars. Oh, wow. So a lot quieter than you were used to. Right. My drums were kind of over the top. And, and uh, I really had no idea what the crap I was playing. But right. But I did. So, yeah. Uh, so did you have to start playing softer, or were you already a, start, a soft drummer from yeah, the get-go? Well, yeah. I don't get too wild with them. But, uh, but anyhow, we started playing. And uh, I know the second night I played, you know, I that we played after at a gig. Uh, the second night we played, the uh, big guitar player commented that I did a lot better than the first night. Oh, okay. So it took me like a night, you know, to kind of sure. know what they was going to play. And yep. Kind of a feeling out process then, yeah. yeah but, uh, but we stayed busy pretty much, played every Friday, Saturday night, pretty much every Saturday night, and a lot of times every Friday also. Now, is this around the Columbia area, or where was this at now? Up around Brookfield, Missouri. Okay. Uh, I think we played in Princeton up there a time or two, uh, Sumner, Missouri, uh, Salisbury. So are these bars or are these schools or where are you playing at? A lot of them is like Elk Club or Eagles Club uh -huh. or Moose Club. Uh, a lot of bars also. Sure. Huh, very cool. Uh, Eagle Wedding receptions, things like that. And then how long was the Midnight Special together or how long were you with them? Uh, I was with them. I can't remember if it was a uh, New Year's Eve of 87 or 88 that was our last year. Gotcha. And that's kind of what I, I thought. I'd, I couldn't remember if you'd stopped playing before I was born in 83 or if you played a while after yet. Yeah, so. I was still playing. Well, yeah, uh, because they signed that, of course, at the time, your mom, she she had to work sometimes at night. And so when I went to play, I'd a lot of times take you and uh, I guess after also Denise had a few times, uh -huh. uh, and took you with me, and uh, you stayed with uh, my mom and dad you, and, uh, while, gotcha. I, while I went to play, and then we all went back home the next day. Yep. Wow, very cool. Yeah. yeah, again, I'll show a picture later, but there's a picture of you uh, with the Midnight Special shirt, like you said, probably getting ready to go to a show, and me, so small, I still have a pacifier in my mouth, so <laughs> yeah. must have been a Friday night uh, before a show, I guess. Yeah, Friday or Saturday, probably. Yep, very cool. Um, do you know, do you ever keep in contact with any of the, uh, members and stuff from the Midnight Special? Uh, no, I really don't. Uh, several years back, I don't remember, 20 years or so ago, we'd gone to get together for a reunion, uh, gig up there, and, uh, I was all for it, I kind of got excited about it, but, uh, uh, the lead guitar player, he didn't make it to work one day. Remember that chap on him, he said? Oh. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Uh, what was what was the lead guitar player's name? Which uh, one is he? Kenny Kimball. Yeah. Um, and was he from that area as well? Yeah. Yeah. The other three guys, they was all from Brookfield. I was a young buck, gentleman of the bunch. Uh, I think when he died, he was sixty-two. He was fairly young. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so ha have they been together for a while before you joined? Then is yeah, that okay? Gotcha. I can't remember. They, they, Played together a long time before I got there. I'm, 
I remember them saying, I don't, I'm a clean 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Huh. So what kind? What was some of the stuff in your set list? What kind of things did you play then? Well, played a lot of country uh, and some rock. Uh, and I just tell him, Russell, on the way up here, I couldn't remember a lot of the songs. I know some of the, the rock songs that we played was like Smoke on the Water, uh, Taking Care of Business by Dr. Turner Overdrive. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, gosh. can't remember what else. We played some George Jones, uh, Merle Haggard. Some real Logan like Earl and Husky, you know. Oh wow, uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> so it sounds country. like what we would consider nowadays like classic rock and classic country or outlaw country kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yep, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's really cool. So um, another thing that stands out to me as a memory, um, kind of from that era, um, like I said, after you were in Midnight Special, I really is obviously whenever I was old enough to start actually having memories and stuff. But um, another part of your playing that I remember was. You had a um, acrylic Ludwig set. When did you get that? Was that yeah. for uh, Midnight Special? Uh, kind of during. It was shortly after I joined, I guess. I played with the, the old set there that you have a picture of. Right. I, I know. I remember I, I started out with those, but uh, shortly after, uh, I bought uh, the Ludwig, uh, the clear Vestalite plastic drums. Uh, bought them in 1977. Uh, the drums are sales there. It's 1975 models, so they... I was two years old when I bought them. Uh, I gave five hundred dollars for them. Oh wow! The lights looked really cool through them. Too, yeah, man. yeah, for sure, for sure. It, it's hard to not have a clear set look good yeah. in any light. Yeah, it's. But back then, five hundred dollars. I think I was making maybe six hundred fifty a month. Right. Yeah, that's a high dollar drum set for sure. <laughs> but Ludwig makes and still makes quality equipment that's able to last for forever. So. Yeah, I, I still got my Ludwig. Yep. Yep, that's really cool. Um, another thing that I remember from way back then is uh, the drumsticks that you used, or at least had a couple pairs of. Um, I remember right here on the screen, I went ahead and went to the to the website. Um, Hot Sticks is what they're called. And uh, you had that pink set with the, the black tip. And another fun thing that I remember about them is once you had one end worn out, you just flip it around and start playing with the other end. And so both ends looked like a drumstick by the end of it. I still got them. And, uh, actually, I think one of the tips completely broke off of one. Now. Really? Yeah. So was that um, something that was like just kind of a one-off purchase kind of thing, or was that something that like that was your favorite stick to use? Or? Yeah, just my favorite. That's yep. I didn't. I didn't really know a lot about them, so like I said, I looked them up on their website, and it says that uh, back in the late '70s, Hot Sticks was the first modern drumstick manufacturer to develop a consistent method of applying durable, high-gloss automotive quality finishes to drumsticks. Over the years, Hot Sticks continued to refine and perfect this exclusive process. Uh, and today we offer nearly three dozen color choices. Um, so yeah, and I'm not sure I'm if I remember correctly when I looked this up on their website. I think they stopped in like the um, mid 2000s or um, 2015, 16 somewhere in there. Yeah, so I don't know if they're still around or not. But that's too bad. I'm about due for a new pair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could imagine so. I could imagine so. I play electronic drums now, so they're not as hard on the sticks. Yeah. What you'd mind up with assembly mostly. So. Yep, that's very cool. So um, after the midnight special, then um, I know that you played. You still played a lot um, on your own. Um, kind of going back to what, as you started with, just playing along with records and stuff. Um, so going back into to where we were with Russ, how did that happen? How did you hook up with with um, uh, the Southern Junction band? Gosh, I don't know if I remember right. I was working part time at a liquor store just south of the house and. 
I think the rest of the stuff's been one. I think we got to talk music. Just to buy soda pop. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> they always had the best deals on the soda pop. <laughs> yeah, and I had to card him, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I think he was asking about drumming or something. I think I was like, Greg, well, I kind of messed around with it a little bit. I, if I remember right, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's how it worked. So, Russ, this is, I'm assuming, shortly after Ernie left, and yeah. you guys were still trying to keep the band together and on the search for somebody? Absolutely. That's cool. Um, so, um, obviously, at some point, a first practice happened, so how did that go? Um, did it did it feel like it fit well for both of you? Was it kind of like yeah, yeah. what you were saying, you know, Dad, with it took a, a night or a practice or two to, to kind of get yeah. the wheels going? Yeah, I felt lost most of the time, and, and actually the – video i think i'll give you a dvd of this uh yeah i was lost most of the time you can tell by my deer in the headlight look <laughs> on my face <laughs> playing, but, uh, yeah what well, what did you think russ i i liked daryl for a long time knew him for a long time and i felt like he was a welcome addition yeah you know we we, we set up he had the perfect perfect <laughs> venue for us to practice in at that time yep. and we set up there and you know, it it was all go and so had you gone into the store and, and chatted with dad before oh, or yeah. so you kinda had a, a existing relationship that way, yeah. like you know, customer to merchant kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So just randomly one day you started talking about music talking and about was like, Hey, drums. I'm in a band, we needed a drummer mm-hmm. <laughs> and dad's like, Well, I kinda play. <laughs> it may someone may have mentioned to me that, you know, that Daryl he he played or something yeah. and I'm like, Daryl? Daryl Isaacs? No. <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah, the guy from so, the soda pop store? Yeah. <laughs> we stopped in there, and, and it just kind of took off and went from there and set up at uh, set up in his building and yep. had a first practice and, and you know, just kind of went from there. Very cool. It, it, was, it was very good. It was a good time. So some of the band members you've already mentioned, but I remember um, mm-hmm. Jim played mm-hmm. guitar and, and sang lead, um, and you yeah. said that he had – joined shortly after crimson steel is that right yeah we, we was got, he in crimson steel or no no, no okay no, no actually uh i went to school with jim we went to the same high school from california and i just ran into him i didn't even know he was out here really yeah and it was it was kind of interesting i uh huh actually his brother-in-law he was out here first but long story short ended up moving him to hartville and got to got to know him again and and uh he he, he played guitar and and that's how I kind of got got in with Jim, and and of course we had Ernie, and I knew Ernie from from the, the Crimson Steel days. Yep. And, what about and Jesse? How did how did Jesse, Jesse the come, other guitar Jesse player? Jesse come about from uh, from Misty. I don't know if you remember. Yep, Misty I do remember Lane. Misty. Misty yeah. Lane. She uh she came to a couple of our practices and mentioned. She said, "Hey, you know my boyfriend plays guitar." I'm like, "Yeah, all right, yeah, all right." So one day she brought him, and. Uh, I was like, all right, you know, so I said I went outside in, in, in my building that we had set up, my mm-hmm. studio, and we we took off, Ernie and I and Jesse. Jim couldn't be there for some reason that day. I don't know. Whatever, that doesn't matter right now, but we took off. I couldn't believe it. He was an amazing guitar player. Very phenomenal. Yeah, yeah I mean just yeah. unbelievable. And I don't know how old he was when you when he joined you guys, but to me, in retrospect, he seemed young. At you that know? time I'm gonna say Jesse was around nineteen. Really? 20. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and he, he, he played a 63 Stratocaster that was unbelievable, and I mean, he, he was amazing. He was an amazing guitar player. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's how we hooked up, and pretty soon, you know, of course, Jim, we had our practices, and we took off and started start playing, and then, uh, you know, we, we played parties, and 
the whole nine yards, played a wedding and different stuff. Well, then Ernie decided that it wasn't for him anymore. Right. And uh, that's when we come about and, and we got Daryl and we just kept right on trucking and took off and started doing the parties. Uh, you know, we did another wedding and receptions and yeah, it was, wow. it was, it was a great time. Very cool. So while Ernie's still in the picture and as he's leaving, mm-hmm. um, I don't know exactly what year that would have been. Um, I'm trying to do my math real quick. I'm going to say 96, 97, maybe 98. Okay. Somewhere in there. Gotcha. Cause it was around 90, 99, 2000, I believe that I first met Ernie. Um, and that was because he had his own music store right. there in town. Um, and so I lived caddy corner from the block that he was at. And so I would be that pesky kid that was in there all the time asking questions and stuff. And, you know, just kind of fascinated by it because I grew up with, you know, dad being a musician. And so there was kind of that bond oh, there. Yeah. And so I talked a lot of uh, music stuff with Ernie and whatnot and was able to learn that, like, his favorite band was Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. So I can already hear that, that kind of doesn't necessarily match up with Southern Junction. Mm-hmm. So that that could be a big reason. I know he also has a, a very religious family and stuff, so I can oh, see yeah. maybe that kind of came into play at some point, too. But also, the obvious, he had a music store, and he also mm-hmm. had a photography studio. Mm-hmm. So I think in creating two businesses and, and at the same time and whatnot, that probably just got to be a lot on his plate. Um, again, I know that there's you know, a few years between that, but I'm sure the idea was, was going and he was getting stuff lined up. The Southern thing, it it came along with Jim. Jim kind of brought that into the picture. You know, I was kind of, my creativity was trying to move around and do some different stuff. And, and, uh, Jim, Jim brought the Southern thing and the, you know, the seventies hard country, the Waylon, the Hank Jr. And all that stuff. And, and, uh, that's that's how that come about the Skinner the 38 special we were playing all all that you know Daryl might be able to help me out on some of these dates I'm not sure but I, yeah. I, I'm I'm relatively close on it yeah yep very cool yeah, I think the DVD that uh, I think it's dated uh, like March 25th of two of 2000 I think yeah was our first okay first yep first track okay well I was way off then <laughs> yeah I was thinking that that was probably I still had hair then. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's why you wear a hat. Yeah, that's, that's why. Exactly that's right. Why I had my hat on. Oh, good stuff. So um, I remember, like you said too, Russ, you guys playing parties and stuff. I remember going over to, to Jay's and, and, and playing over there a lot. Oh, and yeah. just even, like, I, I'm assuming there were just practices that you guys had at, at, at like, Dad's Garage or at your place. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was like a show, <laughs> you know, oh, just yeah. seeing a full band live. Great. That was the first time I ever actually saw a band in person, like, that close kind of thing. So uh, that was my first exposure to that. So I, I fell in love with you guys immediately. And then just, this, you know, the kind of music you guys were playing really jived with what I what I was digging at that time. So Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Besides parties and stuff, did you guys ever get out and play, like, bars or um, Eagles Lodges or anything like that? Or No, I did that later on. I, I went that route. But when, at the time we were doing the Junction thing, it was just mainly parties and and then Jim, later on, Jim got into where he had his his work and his employment, and that kind of that kind of restricted some stuff that we were able to do too. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that DVD uh, actually has probably your uh, very first video experience because you ran the camera. Oh, really? I, I, I wow. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so immediately, I've forgotten all about that, mm-hmm. and as soon as you said that, I do remember that, and I remember. <laughs> Turning the camera upside down. Upside down and a lot of zooms and a lot of, oh, my God, yeah. Oh, yeah I think boy, my, I've come a my long son's way. in there. My son's in there, and he's, yeah. I don't know, a 
couple of years old, barely walking. Yeah, and he's I can like remember 20, 22, almost twenty three. Yep, you know? I remember both of your kids being little kids. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's it still blows my mind when I see pictures and stuff of mm-hmm. them, and oh, yeah. they graduating and stuff. It's just man, <laughs> time doesn't slow down for any of us, does it? No, <laughs> no that's really cool. So, um, so you guys, how long were you guys together um, in Southern Junction with Dad? A couple years though, wasn't it? Yeah, probably a couple, three years. Yeah. yeah. Um, Something like that. So then, after had, how did the ending of that all kind of play out? Did it was it everybody kind of done, or Dad? Did you kind of bow out and do it that way, or? I think Jim, Jim, kind of his employment situation and everything. I think he was the one that kind of. Kind of put the brakes on it. Yeah. If I can remember. As an outsider, that's vaguely kind of what I remember, yeah. too. Yeah. He, he, he's done that to me a couple times. <laughs> so do you keep in touch, either of you guys, with oh, any yeah. of the other guys that were in the band? Yeah. I, I do. Daryl, I yeah, don't know if you talked to Jesse or Jim. Jesse, isn't he living in Colorado or he something? He lives in Arizona. Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And he still plays music. You know, we're, we're in touch. Huh. Very cool. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that he's still yeah. playing. He's definitely, uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he needs to be. He's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, well, um, so we're going to do some more chatting and interviewing and stuff here in a little bit. But before we do that, um, let's go ahead and, and play some games. Oh, man. Oh, boy. I don't have my magic dice. <laughs> Are you interested in being a guest? We, we, we want, want, want you. You, you. Please message or email if you are interested in becoming a guest for the show. We'd love to have music lovers of all kinds join in on our fun. Message and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at the Audio Roast Podcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, suggestions, or topics you'd like to hear discussed to the Audio Roast Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, so um, before we play our first game here, um, Dad, you brought a um, DVD with you of you and Russ playing together in Southern Junction. So uh, I'm going to uh, see if I can get that tuned up here. Uh, all right, let me see if I can get this queued up here. So this is some Southern Junction for oh, us. Wow. Uh, Back in the day. Back in the day. Our very first practice. Yeah, make sure that's. <laughs> Daryl's audition, but he didn't realize he was already in. Right. Well, he was in because he had a hook up at the soda yeah, shop. Exactly. The soda <laughs> pop shop. He could have showed up with a tambourine, and he, he would have still been in. <laughs> oh, funny stuff. All right, let's see if this will uh, play for us here. Looks like it's going. There we go. Russ, when's the last time you've seen this? Uh, it's been a long time. I yeah. have it's down at my lake house. Is it? Most of my DVDs are. Look at that young kid. Yeah, I got some hair, man. <laughs> got a porn stash. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, Jesse's, you're right. Look Jesse's how young. a hanging, man. He's hanging over. Yeah. Oh, oh man, that was like a Jesse thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I felt like he lived life hungover a lot of times back then. Oh, there's my beautiful bride. Yes, Charmin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was back in the day, man. I know that says 2000, but it's got to be before that, isn't it? Well, no, this would have been in 2000, wow. I think, because I moved down um, and started living with Dad in my, I think, junior year or somewhere around there, and I graduated in 2001, so okay. that would be accurate. Wow. Brother Jim. Yep. He's a little grayer now, too. Yeah. I always, I always liked the way that Jim sang. I thought he had he's a nice so voice. Especially, well. like, in some of that southern rock genre. Like, he was very suited for that. Oh, yeah. A lot of Skinnerd and stuff. Yeah, towards the end there, we were doing Blackberry Smoke and all kinds really? of red dirt stuff. Wow. Oh, yeah. It was a good time. Yeah, that's pretty good. Wow. It's been a long time ago. Right. First time we played with him. Oh, there's my offspring. There you go. That's yeah. what we're just talking about, too, like yeah. how young he was. Yeah, he's a giant now. And your kids are how old now? Uh, Michael's, I think Michael's 22 and Jessica's 20. Yeah. Uh, you're filming. Yeah. You know that? I mean, I guess I was doing some cuts yeah. back then. Yeah. I, I do remember, I don't know if it was just me playing around with the camera or if I was getting bored as a teenager or what, but I, I do remember at some point this is like Zoom City. So, oh, yeah. Tom Hembry, if you're watching, don't judge me on my video skills on this one. What really blows my mind is that some of you guys in, in this, um, Russ especially probably, um, the age that you were here is probably about the age that I am now, and yeah. that blows my mind. Yeah, I'm going to say should have been my early 30s probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah really? Yeah, really, yeah. I'd have been 46. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have been 33. Yeah. Ah, look at Daryl, man. Yeah, looking young as all get out. Got a porn stash. <laughs> so that's something too. Everybody used to. Uh, Dad is a school teacher. Everybody used to call him the Hulkster because he looked how much he looked like yeah. Hulk Hogan, and uh, yeah, it, especially you can tell whenever he had that that porn stash, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Which I think Dad's handlebar mustache now looks a lot more like it. I think that was a. I don't know how you let Charmin in. It looks like it was a requirement to have a, a big old mustache in the band. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's been back in the day for sure. Man. Yeah. I loved every minute of it. A lot of fun, Daryl. So let's get together and help out the Outland Complex. Go to GoFundMe.com. And then in the upper left-hand corner, search for the Outland Ballroom and help donate if you can. Be sure to share and help spread the word. 
If we lose the Outland, we stand a high chance of losing an entire local metal scene as well as lots of local rock and indie acts. Help keep all styles of music live here in Springfield. Okay, so um, let's play the game that we were uh, talking about just a while ago that we are going to finally get to. <laughs> so uh, this is Tic Tac No. Um, let's go ahead and kick this game off. Okay. So there's our uh, tic-tac-toe board. So what's going to happen is uh, whoever goes first will um, pick whichever band, and that band will represent a song from that artist in that in the year 1966. Um, and then it'll give you lyrics, and you'll have to finish the lyrics. And if you get that right, you get your, your X or your O on your spot that you picked. If you don't, then that spot goes to the other player. So um, let's see here. I guess to get us started, uh, since it's Father's Day, Dad, uh, do you want to pick a, an artist here and we'll uh, test your knowledge? Let's go with the Beatles. The Beatles. The Beatles. All right. There's Ed Sullivan first introduced them as the Beagles. The Beagles, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Okay, so Paperback Writer is the name of our song here. And the lyrics are... It's based on a novel by a man named blank. I should know it. Drawing a blank. I don't know. The only thing I can think of is Joe, and I know that's not right. Well, it's, it's a, you're on the right track. It is a short name like that. Russ, do you happen to know what it is? I have no idea. No idea. Well, the answer is Lear. Lear. That's right. Answered by a man yeah. named Lear. Russ, uh, Russ has got his his first spot on the board here yeah, on the Beatles. It's O. <laughs> it's O and one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Russ, uh, let's let's have you do a pick. Who do you want right. to go with? I'm gonna go with the Mamas and the Papas. There you go, playing tic tac toe like a pro. So Monday, Monday by the Papas. Are you familiar with the song? Uh, a little. Little. All right. Um, Monday morning, couldn't guarantee that Monday evening. I can't believe I don't know the rest of that. But I feel like I might. <laughs> yeah. Some of these are harder than others. Some of oh, these are yeah. going to be really easy. Can we say the wrecking crew did the, you know, all the tracks for them? Right. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> an entire podcast. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that you're well aware of the wrecking crew, Minnesota wrecking crew. Uh, <laughs> so any guesses? Uh, Monday mo Monday morning couldn't guarantee that Monday evening. I can't. No, I can't think of it. Okay. I should. I should know. I'm gonna get in trouble when I get. Oh home. boy. <laughs> oh, is is uh, Charmin a big? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, she's big into the mamas uh, and the papas. Yeah. All right, uh, Dad, do you have a guess? <laughs> could be all right let's see what it is that you would still be here with me uh, yep so that's a bummer it is so back to the uh the old board here it looks like dad got you blocked on on one route anyway um so dad it's your turn to go ahead and pick another pick here uh we'll go down to the monkeys the monkeys all right good pick mm. i'm a believer 
Here's one that I think everybody's familiar with. So the lyric is, when I needed sunshine, I got rain. Boom. Oh, look at that. Man. On it. And didn't, he's... Didn't really know it. It just kind of made sense. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like dad's got a, a path here um, that he's creating. So, uh, uh, Russ, what's your move going to be? You going to block him uh, and keep your line going? These boots are made for walking, man. Oh, is that what you think it's going to be? Yeah. All right. Fancy. Let's see here. See what she was doing in 66. Yeah. Boom. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> Wouldn't you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like she only had one big hit. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Russell sings that song on his way to work. Isn't yeah. It? Oh, absolutely. I, he told me that he requested it on work the car ride up. Yeah, work boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, work boots. <laughs> All right, so let's see what she's saying here. She says, um, you've been messing. Or you shouldn't be or something. Is that close? Oh, or you should be. Or... You're really close. Yeah. Okay, Dad, what is it? Where you shouldn't be messing. There you go. Oh, there man, you go. Close. Man, I don't know who to give that to because Russ had most of it, but Dad did get all of it. Ooh. Oh, man. Hmm. I, I think I'm going to have to give that one to uh, Russ just because he did get he did get the majority of it. But hey, hey, it's Father's Day. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're you're making big moves on the board here, Dad. We got to we got to help Russ out where we can. Yeah, I, I, needed, I needed that center square. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back to that back to that wrecking crew thing. They did the they did all the music for. For, for all these bands, didn't they? A lot of them, yeah. yeah. They did a lot of, I That's think, Motown work and stuff, too. Yeah. Because yeah. I think the Monkees, I don't even know if they... I think the Wrecking Crew did stuff for the Monkees, too. I don't think they actually even played anything. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think so either, Dad. I'm not sure that they did. Uh, you know, uh, the Monkees, they sold more records than Elvis and the Beatles combined. Isn't that oh, nuts? That's an interesting... Wow. That's interesting. Huh. Wow, that's crazy. That's pretty mind blowing. Is that get records in general or records in the U.S.? Um, I don't know. I just heard something like that on the huh. TV. Wow. Day, but, well, we'll have to look into that because hard, that's hard to believe. But. For sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, those kind of stats are always interesting to hear. Um, so, well, he's blocked your middle spot here, Dad. So, where do you want to go? Do you want to try somewhere on the bottom or the right side here? Let's go with the Beach Boys. Hey, so funny story about the Beach Boys. Whenever uh, Dad gave me that set, like I told you, uh, it was a small little three-piece set is what it actually started out as, hi-hat, snare, and kick. And uh, once I mastered um, We Will Rock You, which took all like 10 minutes, uh, <laughs> the next band that I went to was the uh, was the Beach Boys because it reminded me a lot of what Dad used to play and stuff. I remember Dad playing Wipeout and that kind of thing. So um, that's kind of where I got my start was with learning the Beach Boys. So. Let's see what they were doing in 66. Barbara Ann. That's what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not spelled right, but you've got me rocking and a rolling. Rocking and a reeling, Barbara Yeah. Boom. Good call. Man. Yeah, that was a Wilson brother that was a, a drummer. He drowned or something, didn't he? I believe he did. Yeah, the Dennis Wilson. Dennis, Dennis Wilson, yeah, yeah. Brown, yeah. And I, I can't, I never can remember the uh, relationship with Brian Wilson and Hart. Is that a niece? Is was what was the brother's name that drowned? D uh, Dennis. 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 Yeah, I Dennis. believe that Dennis would have been Anna Nancy Wilson's dad because really? I think Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys was the uncle to 
the Heart Girls. Hmm, yeah. Did not know that. And then the country artist um, Gretchen Wilson is a niece or something to them. Huh. So it's like a three generation. It sure is. That's yeah, crazy. it's pretty wild. So I'll get bonus points for uh, knowing Dennis Wilson's name. Y- you know what? <laughs> you make a good argument. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> okay, so now we're back on the board here. Um, Russ, what do you think? Where are you going to go? Oh, man. There's only one, the association, I guess. Okay. Oh, boy. Hmm. Hmm. Let's see what we've got with the associa- association. Yeah. Easy for me to say. And then along comes Mary. After Barbara Ann, along comes Mary. Yeah. <laughs> wow. When I met, or when we met, I was sure out to lunch. Now my empty cup. Wow. It's full. To the touch or something. I don't know, man. Okay. I'm lost there. Well, we're learning why you play bass. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, Come on, Daryl Isaacs. Yep. You know this. Let's see if Dad knows it. Stop ringing a bell offhand. Let's see. I don't know. Run us over. Okay. So uh, before I reveal this answer, it's actually pretty funny how your mind can play tricks with you because whenever I this song came up in my list uh, to put on the set list or whatever, um, I definitely remember the hook of the title of the song. And then along comes Mary. But the the verses and listening to them back, it's almost like listening to a rap song. Like it is so, a lot of words crammed into a little space. So um, generation rap. <laughs> right. Yeah. So when we met, I was sure out to lunch. Now my empty cup tastes sweet as punch. Oh wow! Yeah, yep. I never got that, man. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. So it looks like because of that, Dad has stolen your spot, and because oh, of that, man. we've got a winner. All right. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. Now that hurts me in the guts and livers. Oh well, we. I tell you what. I since it's Father's Day, I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself too, oh, Russ. No. Here's what we'll do. We'll, we've got three spots left on the board. Uh, we'll go ahead and, and finish them out just so that for the perfectionists and completionists that are watching along yeah. knows that this is an actual <laughs> – that there's stuff behind there. That's right. So which which band do you want to go with? We're going to go with the Trogs, man. Okay. Wild thing. Yeah. Oh, is that what it's going to be? Yeah. All right. That's the only song I have. I, I, I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> you make my heart sing. Wild thing, I think I love you. I know that. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if Russ knows it. I want to know for sure. Mm. Pretty close. That's it. Yeah. But I want to know for sure. Yeah. I didn't even think he was born yet. I wasn't, man. <laughs> Mom and Dad was still dating. He wasn't probably. born yet, let alone born to be wild. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So that takes care of the trogs for us. Yeah. Uh, Dad, do you want to do the Rascals or Loving Spoonful? Uh, live on the edge, man. Go the Rascals. Kind of a toss-up on that one. Okay, <laughs> we'll go the Rascals. All right. That's a little Rascals. I know alfalfa. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know good loving? <laughs> All right, so this one is, um, are you familiar with the song? Yeah. Good love. Get in that bell. I said, Doctor, Doctor, Mr. MD, can you tell me? What's ailing me? Hey! Uh, All right. So it looks like, Russ, um, 
you're 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 stuck with the loving spoonful, whether yeah. you like it or not. I'm just not doing very good. Uh that's all right. Summer in the city. Now this is a pretty popular song. Let's yeah. see here. Now here's a real test. We featured this song already on the show. Um. In our uh, kickoff to summer series uh, mm. from, I think, episode one or two. So uh, we're going to test to see if you know the song and if you've been watching the show. So, yeah. <laughs> Hot Town, Summer in the City. Back of my neck's getting dirt and gritty. Oh, dirt man. And gritty. Uh, yeah. Dirty and gritty. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Again, uh, close enough, I would give it to you. So, <laughs> yep. So uh, that is indeed um, Tic Tac No. All right. So, uh, that was cool. Yeah, for sure. Lots of fun games, little little segments and whatnot to be done here. So, I'll run in case anybody. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes, of course, of yeah. course. So, um, since Dad, since you're the winner, um, I'll go ahead and start with you on this. Um, something else that um, I want to make sure that we cover on this is you talked about um, growing up back in when you're living with your parents and stuff, um, and you've talked about sneaking into your brother's room and playing on his drum set and that kind of stuff, but there's another uh, musician in the family. Um, do you want to talk about who that was and, and kind of the story with that? I guess you're talking about my mom. Uh, that would be correct. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they had a band, uh, uh, Barney's, Barney's Kitchen Band. Okay. And all their instruments were made with uh, kitchen utensils. Wow. Uh, so modern day, this is what we would call a stomp band, where they're playing on trash. I mean, nowadays they would play on trash cans and that kind of stuff, kind of like the Blue Man Group yeah. and that kind of thing. I think mom, mom used a wash tub, and I, I can't remember. Uh, some of them used a washboard. Yep. Uh, they had spoon players, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yep. Uh, can't remember. They, they dressed up old timey. They had their long dresses. I think some of them wore their bonnets and stuff. Oh, really? So they looked like they worked at Silver Dollar City or yeah, something? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. But they played, and they actually played at the place of Lake Ozarks, uh, Lee Mesa's Ozark Opry. Hmm. And they played there on stage once. Really? Once or twice, maybe. Okay. So they just kind of hit the big time there. That time <laughs> That's really there. cool. Yeah. Because Lee Mesa's, it's like a show in Branson, you know, or something like okay. that. Okay. Uh huh. But back in the day, that's one of the few shows they had in Lake Ozarks they ever played. Wow. That, so. Something that's really interesting for me, you know, I grew up knowing that dad played in bands and stuff when I was a little kid and before I was born. And it wasn't until like I was a teenager and like I already showed um, that uh, Uncle Johnny, your brother, his name was on the drum set also. So I never really even still hadn't put together that both of you guys played. Um, and I knew that grandma had played drums and stuff. But for whatever reason, the whole time I was growing up, I just imagined that what you guys meant by that was like in school, like she was in a band or in marching band or something like that. But, um, upon talking to you and I, and I believe in talking to grandma, she was like in her thirties, twenties or thirties. Is that right? Yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah. Huh. So that, that blows my mind. So this is, um, had she had kids and stuff? Were you guys born yet before? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching them play at the, uh, at our annual Eagle Missouri homecoming. Uh, really? So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's so awesome. So did you guys go and watch her play and stuff, or did you stay home with your dad and, and she went out and did a show kind of like what you did? Yeah, when they played Lake of the Ozarks, uh, I didn't go on that. I think my my sister, Joyce, I think. Uh -huh. I think there's a couple of girls my sister's age, uh, and they uh, stood up there and blew bubbles while the uh, band played. So <laughs> oh, yeah? That was her job, so that's why she got to go, I guess. So, she, so instead of having a fog machine, you had a bubble machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like 
Lawrence left, they uh, uh-huh. they didn't have the machines, so they took the two little girls over there. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> so I guess if you wanted a smoke machine, you'd have to have some heavy smokers sitting on yeah. off the side of the stage. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. So did you get to, you got to see her play though? Yeah, at a, at some other point. Yeah, just at the annual homecoming. Yep. Or that's really cool. Band. Yeah, that blows my mind. So how long did she do that for? Do you know? Gotcha. So by this point, ha- I'm trying to think of the timeline here. She was playing in, in the kitchen band. Had you started playing music yet at all or not? Um, I can't even remember how old I was. I was probably between 10 to 13, so I might have just started. Kind of right on the brink there. I might have started just playing. Or wow. That's so cool. Um, so another question that I want to make sure that we cover is we've talked about how you're a drummer. Um but I know that you also play other instruments. Um, I I can still remember in a in your in your spare room in the in the closet or something, you had a mandolin. Um, so you also play mandolin, is that right? Uh, I've got a mandolin, but no, <laughs> I don't play it. <laughs> gotcha. Um, I mean, did you did you buy it just with the intent of learning how to play it and stuff? And uh, actually, I had the Christmas gift I think from me and mom. Okay. Uh, I was a big Richard Skagg fan back in the. 80s, I guess. Uh-huh. And, and I thought, boy, he makes it look easy. I think I can play one. Of yeah. But no. <laughs> yeah. Then you find out real quick how how incredibly talented Ricky Skaggs is. Yeah. Yeah. You bet, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got a friend of mine um, who is in the entertainment business and and drives trucks and buses and stuff. And if I remember correctly, he had um, Ricky Skaggs one time on tour. So he he always talked about um, his musicianship and stuff. And there's he's a, he's an amazing player. Um, Super, super fast fingers. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I do have a, it's electric. It's uh, made by Gibson. That's a phone uh, called a Mando Bird. A Mando Bird, okay. And it's, uh, it looks like the old Gibson uh, Firebird. Mm-hmm. But it's about the length of a mandolin. The frets are not the same as a mandolin. So that's how they came about the name Mando Bird. Because it's kind of a hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I play it a little bit. Well, I play it about every day anyway. But yeah, I, I make more for the <laughs> Now I'm trying to think: uh, is that is that a four stringed instrument, or is it? It, it, is. it okay. looks similar to my old Thunderbird. Does it? Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah, you can buy them four string or eight mm-hmm. string. Uh, I don't even think you can buy them anymore. I've tried to find some miniature them. versions. I've tried to find another one, and they, I, I can't even find one. Huh. Wow. I might have a high dollar detail. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't be your first. <laughs> when you when you invest, you know you you invest wisely on good stuff. So yeah, you've got a good picker, as they say. <laughs> so very cool. So yeah. So um, and then do you still get behind the drum set at all? You said you have an electric kit. Do you still play that at all? Not very often. I don't know why I don't. I've got them set up and they're ready to go. But uh, I got to playing that commando bird. It's just easy to throw that on. And yep. Play and, yep. For sure. Uh, and I, I still like playing on the drums. I yeah. I don't know. I had a neighbor down, she lives about a mile down the road, and she wants to tell me she can hear me play whenever I play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Very cool. But, uh, but yeah, I, I might play maybe once a month or if that, but on my drums. Yeah. I, I do yep. And you still play along to records and stuff when you do? or? Yeah, CDs. Yep. Oh, you, you've, you've uh, upgraded to CDs, huh? I have, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Everything's going back to records now. It is, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, do you still have your record collection? Do you still have a lot of that? Uh, I've got a lot of them, but I, I lost some. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Check out The Dirty Saints live this coming Saturday, June 27th, live at The Riff. They are playing two separate shows. Um, thanks to local county and state regulations, there will be limited um, tickets available. Tickets are $10. The early show is from 8 to 10, and the late show is from 10.30 to 12.30. The Dirty Saints at The Riff next Saturday with Sunset Productions. See you there. So um, let's uh, let's go ahead and play another game. I, I had fun on the last one, so we'll we'll do another one. This one is uh, it's not really a game so much, but um, it's a it's a really popular segment. Like I've said many times before on the show, this is actually the the synopsis of what the show was going to be entirely. It was going to be called this, but uh, um, instead I incorporated it as a, a segment. So um, this is called Covering Covers, and we're going to be uh, listening to little like minute, minute and a half segments of people play songs from 1966 um, and kind of their spin on it. So some of these, as always, are going to be really good, and some of these are going to be really awful. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about, um, as they're happening, like what, what it is that makes them good if they're good, and if they're awful, what why are they awful? <laughs> so uh, this is going to be kind of like... Um, um, it, well, it's random, so you'll have to. Uh, there'll be a, a randomizer, basically, and you'll have to tell me when to stop, and then that'll cue the video up. So, um, let's do uh, some covering covers. All right, so um, let's see here, Dad. Um, again, it's uh, Father's Day, so we'll start with you on this on this game. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start the randomizer, and whenever you are ready, just tell me to stop. Secret Agent Man by Johnny Rivers, as done by Old Chevy. Okay, so I uh, let me go through my Rolodex here. I always try to have some information about this before I play it. Um, Secret Agent Man by Old Chevy. This was uploaded September 22nd of 2014. This video has 10,000 views and 2,000 subscribers. Uh, there's not really a lot of information about him, except for uh, this was apparently recorded at uh, a pub in New York. So let's check out uh, Old Chevy doing Secret Agent Man. Very rockabilly. Remind me a lot of the stray cats. It is. I think I think I saw their drummers even standing up the same. Yep. Upright bass. Russ, have you ever played an upright bass? I never have. No? Or you're you're smart for not wanting to lug that thing around. Absolutely. I do have a fretless fender. Do you? Yes. Cool. That is cool. I like the branding. Like I like their look. They look like they could be auto repairmen yeah, from the fifties or sixties. Yeah. Yep. Good crowd too. Looks like they're enjoying it. Yeah, I really like 
Yeah. Yeah, this is for sure up your alley, huh? Yeah, and this song really plays well into that kind of rockabilly type style, too. Good as Brian Setzer. Yeah. Uh, Brian Setzer is pretty good. Yep. Yeah, they're probably playing at a car show in Pelosi's prison, California, somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, those are some runs on that bass. Yeah, Do you hear that? Man. Yeah. Very cool. I picked a good one. You yeah, did. You did, man. You, you did. So no pressure on you, Russ. Yep. Mm, <laughs> I don't want them just as good as that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, tell me when, Russ. Stop, man. Cool Jerk by the Cretan, uh, as originally done by the Capitals. All right. Let me uh, get my old Rolodex here. Um, cool Jerk by the Cretan. Uh, this was uploaded December 29th of 2010. This video only has 263 views, and they only have 31 subscribers. I say only. That's already more than I have on mine, so <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> so let's see uh, how, how cool the cool jerk is. Three-piece. Playing a Rickenbacker, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I like the original version better. I have to agree, yeah. I think their their Asian accents are far too heavy. Yeah. Cool jut. Wow. What is, what is the, the drummer's not even on time, especially on that kick drum. Russell, your pick suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Next. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, here's a big part. Wow. Okay, I've had enough. <laughs> wow, man, that was out there. Wow. Um, Good pick, Russ. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to hear this all the way home now. Oh, Good yeah. pick. Cool jerk. Oh, can we stop at Walmart and buy their CD? Uh, yeah. Probably not. <laughs> I would hope that they don't carry that. <laughs> all right. Um, Dad, let's, let's throw it back to you. Tell me when. Yeah. All right. Oh, Melio. Donovan. That's right. Donovan is actually uh, one of my uh, favorite 60s artists. Like, I, I love this song, Melly Yellow. So, um, and flipping through my Rolodex here, uh, the, this is Melly Yellow as done by Donovan, but the name of the band is called Mellow Yellow. Now, they're not just a Donovan cover band. They're actually, um, according to their YouTube page, a, uh, the ultimate tribute to the psychedelic era. Um, so this is uh, recorded on April 16th of 2010. Um, they have five thousand, five and a half thousand views and 108 subscribers. And this was actually recorded in the um, Verganese Opera House, I think is how you say it, in Burlington, Vermont. Yeah. So uh, let's let's hear some Mellow Yellow and see how they're doing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. very good. He's even got the backup dancers, the Go-Go Girls. I see some Sam the Sham or something influence there. It does. That's really well done. Porn section and everything. That's cool. Got a cool image, too. I definitely yeah. see why they were talking about uh, psychedelic era of tribute. I appreciate that they actually got a horn player instead of a keyboard player to play that horn part. I don't think I ever knew the word slick was in there. I thought it was just quite right. Here comes your big solo. Sounds like they'd be a really fun band to see live. Yeah. Very cool. That's how you pick them, Rob. Yeah. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> you tell them. Boy, we've had some doozies in the past, too. Oof. <laughs> I mean, oof. So don't do us dirty, Russ. Yeah, that's hurting my pancreas. You're doing it. <laughs> All right. Tell us when, Russ. Now. There you go. There. Now we're... Okay. Finally had a picture of this. Did, did that say Buff... <laughs> I think that said Buff Carell. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and spoil this for you. Russ, you're in for a treat. Um Somehow, last week's show, or two weeks ago, Buff Carell made it into our uh, our little video here. And uh, boy, did that get the uh, the phone lines going. Really? <laughs> uh, okay, so, <laughs> oh my God, okay. Um, this was uploaded December 24th of 2019, so this is fairly recent. This video has 24,000 views, and he has 323,000 subscribers. Wow. Uh, so he's very popular. Um uh yeah so i i actually after last week i went ahead and did some research about mr buff carell uh and according to his uh youtube page it says hi my name is carell buff dog bufford aka buff carell oh, man. i'm really? an i'm an inspiring singer dancer and fitness model i hope you enjoy the show let's get it <laughs> uh overall his youtube channel has over 20 million views so um, he, he's super popular, but we'll we'll see if popularity leads to uh, actually being good or not. Um, if you've seen the show, you know what you're in for. So, cover your ears. I have not. 
Oh, man. Really? We're back once again today, or midway. We're going to do Beach Boys, um, Wouldn't It Be Nice, on the ones and twos, either the twos and ones and five and fours. If you're hearing about the five and four, we go five and four. I like how I said this last time, but it cracks me up. He's got a picture of himself on his own wall. Come on, Daryl. Doing this vocal warm-ups. I wonder if, wonder if Brian Wilson ever did vocal warm-ups like that. All right. Seizure. Really? Russ, what are you doing? Oh, man. <laughs> Russ, is this how you got started hey, in music? There's got to be some Ronnie James Dio on there or something. <laughs> some Pearl Jam or something. something. Did this on purpose, Daryl. I know you did, man. You picked this. Yeah, You're responsible for this mess. Yeah, <laughs> Russ, is this how you started in music? Did you just play in your own room like this? And <laughs> I don't think it was that age. I think it was a little younger. Man. I would hope. This guy looks like he's in his 20s or 30s at least. Maybe like five or six. Listen <laughs> <laughs> at that. How many views? Yeah, uh, uh, he's got over 24,000 views on this video alone. Jeez. Isn't that nuts? That's Holy cow. Crazy. So, uh, like I said, he was in, uh, I think it was on the um, 1970 uh, rock year from the wow. 1970 episode that he was on here. And as, as Gene Whedon, a guest on the show at that time, said, no singers were used in the filming of that video. <laughs> Jeez, I believe that. Yeah. Oh, God. That's horrible. Oh, it's awful. Awful. Okay. Um, We'll do two more. Russ, I'll give you, after Dad goes here, I'll give you another chance to redeem yourself. So Absolutely, please. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Dad, tell me when. Yeah. For What It's Worth by Zach, uh, is done by Buffalo Springfield. Okay, so um, it looks like this was uploaded just two weeks ago. He's only got two views at the time of the uh, whenever I first found this. Uh, it was actually at zero, so I think I was one view, one of the two viewers. He's only got three subscribers, um, and it says nothing else on his channel. All it says is his name is Zach. So uh, it'll, it'll pick up after you go start show. somewhere. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I think this song is uh, very relevant right now, even still, which is crazy after. Over 50 years. 60. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there. Telling me I've got to be aware. Getting so much resistance from 
behind it's time we stop children what's that sound everybody look what's going down pretty good yeah not too bad better than having russell's pick that's true not that it takes much <laughs> what a field day for the heat a thousand people in the streets singing songs and the carrying signs mostly say hooray for our sight it's time we stop hey what's that sound everybody look what's going down makes steven stills pop in your mind don't it yeah for sure yeah i he would he would fit well with with the whole lineup there yeah he, he did very well i think so um all right, Dad, uh, I'll give you another shot here. Or, I'm sorry, I said Dad. Russ, I'll give you another shot here. So, uh, no pressure. Make sure you stop this at the right time. <laughs> here we go. Okay. Ooh, David Bowie. Um, I Fought the Law by the Bobby Fuller Four, as done by um, Johnny and the Spensations. Um, so, it looks like, let me see here. Um, okay, so this was recorded July 28th of t 2013 at the Bar uh, Bernhardt Winery. Uh, they've got 2,500 views and 100 subscribers, and they're from Houston, Texas. And it also says that Johnny, uh, I'm assuming is who the lead singer is, is also, quote-unquote, Houston's best Elvis impersonator wow. uh, with the with the Spensations backing him, so this mm -hmm. band. So let's see um, if, if Johnny really did uh, win when he fought the law. Well, he doesn't look like Elvis at all. down to the wingtip shoes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he sings very well. He, he could do some other other covers. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Yeah, that was cool. Good. Well, it wasn't any deal, I guess, but... <laughs> It was it was a redemption of sorts. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, um, tell you what, we'll play another game. But before we do, let me uh, throw to another quick commercial, and we'll be back in just a second. Musicians, do your shows need that extra layer of fun and excitement? Wow your fans with next level production. Let Sunset Productions help you up your game. We can create custom and unique sound lighting and video packages designed just for you and your budget. Let's work together and give our community the shows they deserve. Contact Jared Isaacs and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Sunset Productions. Don't be a jukebox. Be an experience. The 
so this is the drum set that was kind of pieced together, I guess, that uh, this is the one that was owned by you or owned by Uncle Johnny? Uh, looked like a team effort there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I think those red ones was probably the first set my brother had. Uh, and then I think I took those over when he bought the white set, if I remember. Gotcha. Okay. And the blue snare I bought off a buddy of mine for 10 bucks. I remember that. Wow. Well, that was a solid $10 investment because it paid off even for me. Yeah. <laughs> and that chrome snare, it came with the white. When he bought his new set, it was partially white one there, that chrome. So did you play the chrome one just on, on certain songs then? Is that yeah, so it had a different it sound? it had more of a tight beat, I guess you mm -hmm. call it, or whatever. Uh, I might have played it for rim shots, too. I don't remember now. Gotcha. I don't know. Hardly anybody plays with two snares, but I kind of got used to playing. Yeah. I had a little different sound. No, I think that's great. I've seen a lot of modern drummers that uh, do play with two snares, but their second snare would be a piccolo snare, so it has a really high sound. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. it has that really quick snap to it, too. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Uh, All right. Let's see. This is probably the beginning of your music career. Uh, trying to teach you how to play the drums there. Oh, that's a cool. Yeah, that's so. I talked about that on a episode of uh, the Unsung Dreamers podcast when I was on their show, and they asked about whenever I first started playing. I said I, I don't know, but I do remember sitting on Dad's lap and and playing drums, and and they were like, "Well, were you actually playing?" I'm like, "No, I was just hitting whatever I could actually reach." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, so yeah, that was taken in Fayette, I guess, huh? Yeah, Fayette, by Columbia. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, can't remember. Of course, he was born in '83. He lived there until 89, so <laughs> I know you wasn't probably three. I would I would guess probably three. Denise yeah. might be one. She might. She, I'm assuming she was probably already born, but then again, I don't know, because this would have been in, in Denise's room, I think. Wouldn't uh, it have been? No, I don't think so. No? Okay. Remember that front room up toward the... By the front door? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where I cut my drums, so that would be up toward the front room. Gotcha. The little bedroom toward the front, I guess. Yep. Yeah, that's where that was. Huh, wow. Yeah, that's a really cool picture. That's awesome. And this one, I think you might have been a little bit older, but apparently I was getting ready to go out and play one night. Very cool. Yep, for the Midnight Special. So there's the... Yeah, that's... I guess, that, now, is that also there at the house in Fayette, or has, is that at Grandma's? No, that's not... Yeah, it looks like Fayette. Yeah. 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 So that's probably either I was staying home with Mom or going to Grandma's, one of the two, I guess. Yeah, she might have been one of those nights she stayed there, I don't so on, it was pretty common then, I guess, for mom to go and watch you when you were playing in, with the Midnight Special? No, it was very un uncommon. Oh. She, she usually had to work. Or oh, gotcha. That's right. You said that, that she was working nights and stuff. Yeah. Or if she didn't have to work, she'd babysit you all. So. Yep. Or stay with you all, I guess. Yep. Babysit, being a mother, I guess. That's right. Same thing. Huh, very cool. Yeah, I don't know. Here's some pictures by the Midnight Special band back in the day. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what's up. I, I looked at this one the other day, and I thought, I never have played my cymbals that high up in the air. Wow, yeah, that is really <laughs> odd to see. That's now, I, I do see that um, in talking about your drum setup, that you one thing I always remember is, to me, it always seemed like your drums were very um, tilted in towards you a lot. Like, And that was, I think, kind of a popular thing back in the 60s and 70s, was it not? I don't know. That's just the way I felt comfortable to me. Yeah. I think every drummer has their own setup. For sure. But you're right, though. I don't remember ever seeing you with cymbals that high. Yeah, I guess. No. I don't know. You must have been feeling high. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and that would be, uh, I, I recognize that place as the, the stables 
which is a bar there in Bristol where there used to be. Oh, wow. Long, fast going thing. Huh. Looks like Ray I State. wonder where in, in Brookfield that is because um, I don't know if you know or if you remember, but Denise used to bartend in, in Brookfield, no, if I remember right. And I think the place was called Lucky's. And um, I'm trying to think of how to describe where in town it is, but I, a part of me wonders if that's not even the same place. We'll have to look into that and yeah, see. I'm, I'm sure not. I think the stables uh, quit being a bar not too awful long after we played there, actually. And I think that it turned into a church, I think. Oh, wow. That's an impression to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get all you yahoos out of there and, <laughs> and change yeah. into the church. That's cool. Yeah, it looks like Ray Stevens there playing the guitar. It does. It does. So, do you um, do you know where he's at nowadays, or? Yeah, he. That's Ray Smith is his name, and he's in Brookfield still. Oh wow, very cool. Yeah, I guess he's still alive. I haven't yeah. heard no difference. But, yep. Uh, okay, that's. Uh, there's me when I. That's more like my assembly. Yeah. Stuff, there you go. Uh, now, even though that bass player looks a lot like Russ, that's not Russ. Uh, no, <laughs> that's uh, his name, Mike Morris, also out of uh, Brookfield. And, and I had my clear uh, drum set. He played a it's a clear uh, bass. Oh, really? And, wow. Uh, wow. Uh, the brand of it is Conrad. I don't know if you ever heard of a Conrad. Really? Uh uh. Huh. But I remember and the rhythm player, which is a guy looks like Ray Steven, he played PV, and, and our lead player played Gibson's, I believe. Wow. Very cool. You got to know the guitar better than I do. And then I'll, there's a shot. Is that a Gibson? That looks like a Gibson Les Paul, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played Les Paul, but I, I was thinking that. But, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Kind of. So kind of what, what year do you think this would have been then? Uh, probably been in the 80s. Well, yeah. Early 80s? 80s. Or, yeah, early to mid 80s. Okay. Yeah, could have been. And uh, the lead player, that Kenny Kimmel, he's the one that uh, – Apparently died of a heart attack there. But, right. But, uh, huh. uh, Mike Morris, he's a bass player. I don't know. He's kind of hard to use old picture, but that's as clear a bass. I, I was going to say, it does look transparent, so, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Also, why you can't see it. <laughs> it's yeah. see-through. And here he is again. I don't know if that's in the butter or not. That's there you go. Oh, yeah. That's, that's cool. Is that see-through? I think so. I don't like know. It almost know. looks yeah. like it's. It looks like it's brown. Yeah, it does yeah. look like it's brown or red or something. Maybe yeah. that's an early one, and that's uh, a night I had my symbols up high. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, okay, I think on this one you probably see a clear base. Uh, I'll try and move this around there. Okay. Me and Kenny Kimball. I, uh, Kenny gave me this shingle as a Christmas present that they had made up. He, is that what, so that's a shingle? Yeah, it's oh. a shingle off the house. Or, wow, because I've seen that since the time I was born, I feel like, that that's always been in the house, in your house. Like, that's that's really cool. Yeah. And he made this for you? Yeah, I mean, he just shellacked it. And yep. Put pictures on it, shellacked it. Do you do this for all the guys in the band? Yeah, just that's in different order. Like, yep. Bass player would be Kenny at the top, and the bass player up there in the upper right corner. But, yep, no, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, he did it. That's good. There's a whole group photo, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You can see what I'm going the wrong way. But there anyhow, you go. You might be able to see. Uh huh. There you go. This clear base there. I yes, you can. Yep. I know that's a clear. Um, there he is on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. There you could really see yeah, that clear that's base. Cool. Those yeah. are some cool pictures, Daryl. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I guess that top, that one that we didn't know was a clear because 
It looks like the workings inside that guitar, they're not clear. Well, I'm, I almost think that it's a clear bass, but that it's got a pick guard on it that's that's Impossible. either yeah. brown or black or something. I think that's what's going on yeah. because I think you're right, Dad. It is. I think in all those pictures, it's probably the same clear bass, yeah, but it's got that pick guard it on it. It looks acrylic. Yeah. I, d I don't remember him playing anything other than that. But huh. That's cool. I like so, and had you already bought your drum set, or did you see his bass and then think, hey, I need yeah. to match that? No, I did. <laughs> I bought, it. I bought them used, so. Uh, huh. Yeah, they Very cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. And laughing. Very cool. So uh, another thing to, to point out, too, is it doesn't look like you guys are mic'd up at all, especially on your drums and stuff. You guys just played with room volume on the amps and stuff, and you just yeah. played as loud or as soft as you needed to <laughs> yeah. accordingly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sometimes I'd play a little loud, and... Uh, uh, the Kenny, the lead player, he'd stick his finger in the ear, and that meant that, uh, was, that meant I was playing too loud. Yeah. When I first started playing with him, I thought he meant that he couldn't hear me, so I'd play louder, <laughs> and he'd want me to turn it down. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Sound signals. It doesn't take long to figure out uh, exactly band, band hand signals and, and gestures and stuff, yeah. yeah. I think he's quick to tell me <laughs> after we got done with the song. I like it when you got to read their lips. <laughs> right. Did you see what he said? <laughs> I can't believe he said that to me. <laughs> yeah, back at you. We'll we'll play another game here. Um, this is a a new game. Um, I had a a really good helping hand with uh, an idea for a game. So we're gonna we're gonna try this out. This will be the first time that we played this. This is a game called. Uh, Who are you? Who are you? Hoo -hoo. So uh, it looks like we've got some pictures of different bands. Uh, their faces have been covered to protect their identity. <laughs> and we'll see if, uh, with, with their faces being blacked out, if you can guess what the band is. So, uh, Russ, uh, since you left off on a, a pretty good note there, better than you had started, we'll, we'll start with you on this. So I'll throw this picture up and see if you can tell me what the band is. It's the animals, isn't it? Um, let's see. Uh, Dad, no, you, that's the monkeys. Is it? Yeah. Dad, do you yeah. think it's the monkeys also, or do you yeah. think it's okay? A absolutely, monkeys. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's their faces. Yeah. It is the monkeys. All right. Um, let's see here. Let's try another one. Uh, Dad, who do you think this might be? Yeah, it sure looks like one of the Beatles. I'm gonna say Paul. No, John Lennon, maybe. Okay. Um, Russ, do you have a guess? No, I don't. Okay. So let's see if it's. You said Paul McCartney? No, I changed it to John Lennon. John Lennon. Okay, let's see if it's uh, if if you're imagining this right. No. Oh. Mick Jagger. Look at that. Mick Jagger it Same is. Hairdo. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it blows my mind that people were so upset back then that that was long hair. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what I would be back then. I'd be <laughs> put to slaughter probably. <laughs> so, uh, okay, uh, Russ, let's see if uh, you can guess who this is. Oh, that's the Beach Boys, man. Are you sure? It's sure. might be somebody undercover. Yeah, it's a possibility. <laughs> Dad, do you think it's also the Beach Boys? Yeah, he's getting all the easy ones. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, Beach Boys. So, Dad, who's this got to be? Okay, I'm gonna go to the Beatles again. All right. Yeah. Sure, it's not uh, the Rolling Stones. It might not be. Mick, not <laughs> four Mick Jaggers. <laughs> 
The Beatles. All right. Uh, Russ, you're up. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Hmm. I can't find any. Probably in Laurel Canyon, but I don't know who it is. Um, I know it's not Neil Young. Okay, Dad, do you have any idea? Uh, I'm just gonna guess Bob Dylan. Yeah, okay, that's that's guess. actually a really strong guess, probably. Yeah. Um, before I reveal the name, I'll reveal the face and see if you can tell me who it is. And I'll start with Russ. <laughs> Not sure, man. Oh, he does have eyeballs. Look. Oh man. Ah, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll give you a hint. We've heard a song of his already today. Donovan? Yeah, that's the correct uh, answer. Yep. Yeah, it's hard to see him not sitting on a rug and stuff and playing a, yeah. <laughs> a guitar barefoot and that kind of thing. He was he was about as hippy-dippy as they came, I think. Mm -hmm. So, uh, all right. Um, Dad's complaining that Russ is getting the easy ones. Let's see what we got. Yeah. What do you think, Dad? You uh, know who it is? Turn. Yep. Uh, that be mamas and papas. All concur. All right. Well, Look it is indeed the mamas and the papas. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, okay. Ooh, this is going to be an interesting twist. We've always stuck with musicians and stuff, but this next person is not, to my knowledge, a musician. That's not what he's known for. So let's see if you know who this is. Dick Clark. Hey. It is indeed. Did you know it was Dick Clark because it was Dick Clark, or did you know it because of the American Bandstand behind him? I didn't even notice the logo. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think of that until just I now either. either. <laughs> um, Russ, I want to talk to you. You talked about uh, your, your time in Crimson Steel and then uh -huh. your, your journey into and out of um, Southern Junction. Uh -huh. you, you're in a new band now. Right. Was there anything bef between oh, yeah. that? Okay. Bef before then, we, uh, we had Tainted Gray. Right. And... Uh, Actually, we I think we played a time or two with you guys. You did, yeah. Um, Stratford Music Festival. That's correct, yeah. Uh, whenever I was in Sunset Strip, yeah. you were in Tainted Gray. Right. Um, and I know that your wife played with you in that yeah, band. She, and she also even yeah. sang backups in, in Southern Junction, too, didn't she? Some. Some, yeah. yep. Okay, so was there anybody else in Tainted Gray that was in Southern Junction? Or are these all new people? No, pretty much pretty much all new people. Okay. Uh, Big Ed Bell was our drummer. And, and of course, Jim, he did... Uh, you know, lead guitar and vocals. My wife, amazing singer, did vocals. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Shit, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, me, of course. Um, Was this a band put together by you? or No, actually, Jim put it together. He called me one day, and uh, he, he had uh, Ed, and they were starting to, starting to do some stuff, and he asked me if I'd be interested, and I said, yeah. You know, I wasn't doing anything at the time, so I loaded up some stuff and went, and we had a, a studio set up where we could we could play. Yeah. And uh, we started out and, and took off, and we were wanting another guitar player. Uh, Kirk Wallace, you know, he's gone now. He left us. Uh, God, God rest his soul, you know. He was an excellent guitar player. We've got a bunch of video out there. Um, we played a lot of bars. Uh, we played some outdoor music festivals and 
Yeah, it was a it was a really good time, and then we did this for I don't know three or four years, and you know selling merchandise. We were getting ready to go to the next level and, and do some recording. And oh really? Yeah. So you was, were doing covers and and oh, creating yeah. originals. Oh yeah, it was. We were doing really good, and like I said, my wife, she's you know Charmin, she's phenomenal singer yeah. too, and yep, and uh, we you know it, it was a great thing. I miss it. I, I miss it a lot. You know, we, we had a good time, and for sure. unfortunately, uh, there you go again. Jim, he he decided that uh, it was time to, you know, to, gotcha. to move along. Well, and, and like you said else. earlier, he kind of that was kind of his mo, right? Like mm-hmm. he'd play for a few years and then just kind of yeah. be done and ready to move on to something else. So yeah, it was it was unfortunate. And we yep. we were we were doing a lot of interesting stuff and bars like i said outdoor venue everything we, we were doing it right it, it was coming along the wheels were spinning well. probably more mm-hmm. than they were in southern oh, yeah. junction then absolutely yeah. yep very and cool. then uh when that that quit i just uh i kind of put stuff away for a while and and uh a year or so went by i met some other guys uh at the soda soda pop shop yeah yeah <laughs> actually I, I i've got a i've got a place set up where we do everything and and I ran across some other musicians, and we started doing some stuff. And and uh, lo and behold, after a year or so playing with those guys, ended up playing with Jim again and Ed Bell. We were trying to get things going again, and unfortunately, it it, it didn't happen. Yeah. And uh, the the band the band that I'm in now, if you don't mind, Inflection. That's Absolutely. where we're at. Yep. We've we've come to we've we've come to this part of it. Yep. Um, I'd been following them for, I don't know, they were together for three or four years or so before I actually, actually was invited. Okay, and where are they based? Also, there in Ava? No, or? they're they're in uh, they they play in Northern Arkansas, Central Arkansas. Okay, you know they play all over, and uh, I'd catch them when they'd come through. And uh, fortunately for me, after after three years, the bass player he decided to leave and. And John, John Maglione, he, he great, great guy. I, I love him to death. You know, I've known him for a long time. Uh-huh. And I got a call, and uh, Todd, Todd Kirkpatrick, the singer, <laughs> Mike Scarf, the drummer. I, I get giggling thinking about some of the stuff these guys do, you know. <laughs> They're really cool. I love the inside band antics. Yeah. Like, that's what actually makes yeah, a lot of this fun. It makes amazing. some memories. Yeah. So they, uh, they actually invited me in, and... Uh, we had a practice. I brought all my stuff down. I told him, "Yeah, I'd be, I'd be honored." You know. Sure. Because you'd seen a, him play and stuff. Oh as, yeah, as I'd, several I'd times. seen yeah. him play for right. a long time. You know. Yep. Uh, off and on different venues, and and actually they played uh, one of the places with Tainted Gray played. They played that type of things. Actually, how I met him originally, it was an outdoor venue, a fireworks event. Gotcha. Uh huh. So anyway, what 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 happened was we all got together. They had a, a a keyboard player at the time. It was phenomenal, Mike Manneke. He was he was unbelievable. He's the best keyboard player I ever 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 heard. Man, he uh-huh. was just phenomenal. Well, unfortunately, you know, he had some health issues, and uh, I was invited into the band. I got to practice. I got to practice with him one time, and unfortunately, Mike he he left us. He passed away. Oh man, wow. <laughs> but. 
on on a lighter. Yeah, I'm, I, I miss him greatly, and those sure. guys miss him too. Man. But that he, goes he to speak. That speaks, know? in my opinion, that speaks on his character and his his oh, musicianship yeah, to be able to play with somebody one time yeah. and it has an effect on you like that, and you oh, still have that strong memory of how good he was. You know, it's phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal musician. Yeah. So anyway, we we take off and we're starting to get together. We're starting to bond, and then this COVID thing comes along. You know, yep. and and fortunately for me, that that gave me a couple of months to really hone in on, on exactly our, our set list and and what we're doing and bonding with these guys and and you know these are my brothers Jordan Brake and and uh, you know Mike Scarf, you know Todd Kirkpatrick, mm-hmm. and I'd lay down traffic for them. <laughs> right, that, yeah. Well, and I don't know exactly what your full set list looks like, but from some of the videos I've seen that you guys post online, it's it's kind of what you used to do, but a newer version even. Like you guys are doing a lot more current type. Shine down. Yep. Just all kinds. I mean, it's just a variety of stuff, you know. So how has that journey been for you, that transition from playing like, you know, Southern rock and, and country and that to kind of more modern rock and stuff? It was, it was, it was, it was tough. The first few months, I mean, trying to get in and, and bond with them and learning the music and yeah, but yeah, we're there now, man. We're That's really there. cool. Yeah, I, really I'm loving cool. it. Like I said, I'd lay down traffic. Right. Yeah, nope. I mean, very they're cool. Awesome, man. I love them to death. So I know that, like you said, you know, this, the whole COVID uh, pandemic stuff has yeah. has killed so much mm-hmm. um, for everybody. Um, but so, fortunately, it made me to where I can bond. I bond. I got to bond with them. Yeah, I, I love playing with them. Yep, for sure. I wouldn't have it any other way. Do you have any shows booked yet with them? No, uh, we, we are we you had, holding off? No, we're we're wanting to start rolling now. Okay. You know, yeah. If anybody, you know, a venue wants us, I mean, we're so there. they can find you on Facebook yep. and YouTube, I guess. Facebook, yep. Get a hold of us. Okay. Uh, there's contact information on there. You, you can, can s- contact me, and then I'll get with them. What whatever it takes, yep. you know, we'll put you in touch with our booking agent. There you go. Yeah, we're we're all about it, man. We're so, ready to roll, you know. Inflection there you see on the screen. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, that's where to head on Facebook. Shirt, so hey, wow, wearing your merch oh, and everything. Yeah, Dig it. Yeah, um, I, I love them. They're phenomenal. Mike Scarf's an amazing drummer. Todd, he's an excellent front man. He sings very, very well. Uh, Jordan's a great guitar player. I love them to death, man. They're my brothers, you know. Very it's, cool. It's 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 been a great journey with them and I'm gonna be there forever. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's fantastic. It's really cool that you were able to fall in with them and, uh, you know, have something else to oh, do. Yeah. You know, I'm glad to hear that you didn't hang it up because, yeah. like you said, after uh, Tanya Gray, you know, you kind of put stuff away for a while. Yeah, so I'm glad to hear you're back, you know. One of the podcasts I listen to, um, has a, he, the guy has a really good saying, like, you, you still kept your jersey. You were still able to yeah. be a part of the team. You didn't retire yeah. the jersey. So. Exactly. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's cool. Saying. But like I said, I do miss Mike Manneke. He was, he was amazing. You know, but we're, we're rolling, man. Give us a buzz. Very cool. Um, in fact, I think I've got uh, loaded up here a little, a little clip of you guys playing. Um, so I think I'm not sure if this was at a practice or what, but uh, while we're watching, if you want to kind of talk to us and tell us about yeah. what we're seeing here, um, I think about the only thing I've got on there is probably by phone, and it's a phone recording, so it's probably. The sound isn't really – it doesn't really do it just. Sure. Well, and that's something that we, yeah. we see all the time, too, on uh, uh, the yeah. covering covers. Like, sometimes you get a good quality recording, but most of the time – and that's that's almost a good thing because you need to see, you need to see a band and live. We record too. every practice. We've got that technology. Very cool. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, let's check out and see. I think this is uh, you guys covering Blue on Black, yeah. which is a great song. Yeah, it's so. fun to play. Yeah. We've kind of got our own twist on it, of course. 
Yep. So let's uh, check this out and see. really cool yeah but anyway the people actually came that were supposed to be at the, the, the benefit and showed up here when it, we were going to practice and it just kind of turned in an all-out party and which is fun we played i don't know we we probably got four hours or better worth of music so. very cool so you can do a full night it's a great time yeah i, I could see you guys playing in a lot of places up here i could see you guys playing like at an archie's or a dennis's place oh, yeah. or shuffle like Absolutely. all kinds of places yeah. yeah and the nice thing about being in a band where you have four hours of music it's great to have four hours of music but there might be some times where you get an opening where you only need somebody for an hour so and you guys are able to do that as well so that's good to be versatile like yeah that. well uh i'll put you in contact with booking you know just just get a hold of us on Facebook either way, and we're, we're there, man. Very cool. No, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Yeah. I appreciate um, it. Let me see here. Uh, get Dad back here in the picture. And uh, we will play us another game uh, before we wrap it up for the day. Um, this next game is Guess the Song in Reverse. Oh, wow. No boy. So this is... You know, in, in, in doing this, this is either going to be really tough or you're going to, after like maybe the first time of hearing this, you'll be able to wrap your brain around that melody and somehow in your brain it'll flip it around for you and you'll be able to hear what the song is. So uh, let's uh, let's test out that theory and see um, if uh, you guys are able to <laughs> do this in reverse. <laughs> so I, the way this will work is uh, I'll play this song. It'll be like a 20 or 30 second clip of audio. And if you're able to guess it before the end of that, whoever it is, just shout it out, uh, the artist and the name of the song. And again, this is uh, going to be from 1966. So, are you guys ready? Ready as I'll ever be. All right. That's, that's the spirit. Let's give it a shot here. Good vibrations, man. Barbara Ann no. by the Beach Boys. There's good vibrations, I think. <laughs> good vibrations. Uh, I heard that uh, keyboard or something in that. Yes. Way. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, but you're right, there is uh, some of that keyboard stuff in uh, Barbara Ann as well. So uh, let's try us another one here. Oh, you know who that is, Daryl. Come on, man. I do know him. Yep. Tear, teardrops that 19 what is the Rolling Stones uh, no it's something 19,000 teardrops or what oh 99 tears yeah. let's see how many tears <laughs> <laughs> not enough beers yeah, the, uh, the question marks is the one that did that yeah. 96 tears by the question marks okay let's see if that's I correct close or something like that you're close um 
96, 96 tears. tears by question mark and the Mysterians. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I forgot the Mysterians. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that part. Yeah. Well, he, Dad was just talking about how it's always got to be a name and then the something. Um, another and on that topic, something else and putting this together, um, the word the. <laughs> I mean, going oh, back to yeah. the uh, the um, let's see here on the tic tac no like just that board alone um, somewhere in here in this mess. The Rascals, The Beatles, The Mamas and The Papas, oh, The yeah. Loving Spoonful, The mm-hmm. Trogs, The Monkeys, The Beach Boys, The Associate. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so you, coming up with a band name is only as half as hard as it is now because half your name is going to be The. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, like Paul Revere and the Raiders. Right. Uh, Gary and, they, and the Pacemakers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, gosh, I don't Jan and Dean and Russell. And <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's always something or somebody, it seems like. Yeah. It's crazy how uh, that became a trend and how it's absolutely not a trend anymore. I wonder if a lot of that has to do with other band members and stuff, thinking that they didn't have enough spotlight and that kind of stuff, that they wanted mm. kind of an equal share. And then you That's an interesting go thought. into the 70s and stuff where you had, like, the Rolling Stones, um, where it was, you know, kind of more about everybody. Um, and then even into the 80s, you know, Motley Crue and Van, and Van Halen and stuff, where it was kind of about every well, not in Van Halen so much. But anyway, you get the idea. Uh, let's try us another one here. That's the stones. Yeah, uh, paint it black. Yeah. Paint it black there by the Rolling is. Stones, indeed. Absolutely. You guys, on, and especially your dad with the record player, I'm surprised you're not killing us, Dad. I don't know if you ever played records backwards <laughs> or not, but now you know what it sounds like. Yeah, I probably <laughs> never will after hearing this. <laughs> it just doesn't sound the same. Yeah. Who sang it? Uh, who did sing that? Let's see. Can't I don't know. I can't remember the rest of them. But it sounded like some Chinese people or something to sing right there. Well, and uh, I mean, you're not probably far off from where they actually are from, I think. Um, they may, may be from Davenport, Iowa, for all I know. But um, I'll give you a hint. It is uh, somebody and the somebodies. Yeah. <laughs> And the shaman and Pharaohs or something like that. Sam the Shaman the Pharaohs. Oh, wow. Yep. Man. Good call. Good job. Good job indeed. Um, let's let's try us another one here.
Sally Ride, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, any idea on who sang that? Uh, Sally Ride, uh, King of Soul. Who was that? James Brown. James Brown? Uh-huh. Um, let's see if you're right here. Mustang uh, Sally mm-hmm. by Wilson Pickett. But it was later redone. I'm trying to. Th- who was it that redid that and made it kind of more famous? I want to say in the 70s. I can't remember for sure. Mustang Sally. Or? Yeah, Mustang Sally. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember for sure either. Should have done more homework. Joe Cocker didn't do it, did he? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. I can't remember. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. All right. Um, well, that, that pretty much does it for our games and stuff. Um, one thing that I wanted to go back to, um, Dad, you showed me um, a while ago, too, that you have a, a Midnight Special shirt. Is this something that you wore when you played, or is this something that you guys sold? Or uh, It's one that I had made up. Okay. Well, I'm kind of a hoarder. I keep... No, I like it. <laughs> it who, the front it, of it. Midnight Special, uh-huh. Back of it, I advertise for Ludwig Drums. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Wow. Man. Yeah, that's very cool. And you had that made. I guess. is that just airbrushed on there on the back? It is. Uh, at the mall there in Columbia, I think once I went in there and had it made. Up. That's cool. Wow. Man. I wish I would have. That's really cool. If I would have known that, I have a picture that just came up on my memories on Facebook from my band Death May Die, and I did the exact same thing again with no knowledge that you had done that before. Wow. Did the exact same thing. Went to the Battlefield Mall and had Death May Die, uh, uh, airbrushed onto a, a black T-shirt, um, because we couldn't find our we had a box of merch and it got lost. So we had a show and I didn't have a death made eye shirt to wear. So I had one made. So that's crazy. Wow. Very cool. Well, that leaves us with our final thoughts, which uh, is a part where I want to say a big thank you to both of you for being here. Absolutely, I really appreciate man. it. Love I hope to come back. Absolutely. I want to have you back. Um, right. I hope you guys have enjoyed your time here and, and had fun kind of telling old war stories and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I just want to say thanks again for making the trip and um, a big happy Father's Day to both of you guys and and everybody else out there that's watching. Um, And uh, again, next week we will be doing country music from the year 1980. Uh, So be sure to tune in next Sunday at 5, and we will see you on the next go-round.